Welcome to Album Clash, the podcast in which we take two albums that share a connection and pit them against each other inside the ring of death. Two albums enter, only one may leave. Metaphorically. This is Album Clash. Hello, this is Album Clash. Got it, got it. Pod looks like a lady. <laughs> you see, if you'd done clash it, clash it, pod looks like a lady, that would have been even better. But, you know, never mind. <laughs> still surprised you. You did still surprise me. Well done. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I am super. Really looking forward to getting into this one. <laughs> are you really? Mm. <laughs> Well, what is this one? What are we doing today? So we are doing the second Darkness album, One Way Ticket to Hell and Back. And that is going up against Cooler Shaker's second album, Peasants, Pigs and Astronauts, which I took us through a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the theme is hate listens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something tells me that for at least one of us, today's album is definitely going to fulfil that brief. Maybe a little bit. Before we get on to that, though, Kev, uh, I believe you have a really cheerful entry into Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah, just to reflect my mood, it is the classic video to Hurt by Johnny Cash. It's beautiful, it's poignant, it's stunning. You know, I, I I can remember the first time I saw it and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant, like, so taken from the American American Recordings albums, it's a cover, obviously, of the Nine Inch Nails song. And, it, I mean, what can you say about it, really? Uh, yeah, it's absolutely devastating. Every single time you watch it. And listen, I'm sure you guys will have seen that video multiple times. It is very, very famous. It's the last video he made before he passed away. And it is a man who has come to terms with his own mortality. There's so many elements in it. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know... June Cart, like when he's pouring the wine over yep. over the food and his hand's shaking, uh, the look of concern on June Carter's face, mm-hmm. um, obviously juxtaposed with classic footage of, of him yeah. throughout the years and the footage of the Johnny Ca- the closed down Johnny Cash Museum. So you've got all like the broken records and the empty store and everything. You know, it, it it's brilliantly put together. It is. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of filmmaking. And yeah, there, as you said, there's so much to get into. I mean, it's a waste of good wine, that Johnny. Or And I'd like to say, like, is he uh, playing the role of a king in Game of Thrones with the size of that fucking feast? I know. <laughs> that he's sitting at? That is a... <laughs> Healthy meal, Johnny. There's, there's lobster, there's caviar, like there's all kinds of stuff going on there. <laughs> there is, and a massive fuck off turkey as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a phenomenal piece of filmmaking. As I said, uh, it's 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 hard to say I love it because it is it is a tough watch for even for what three and a half four minute piece of mm-hmm. music video. It's a tough watch. It is devastating, but it's wonderful. It's it's a brilliant tribute to to the man and. 
particularly the work that he did with someone we discussed last week, Rick Rubin, um, who, you know, it completely re-energized his his career that those recordings and yeah. brought him to a new audience. And you know, there's loads of stuff on on them. So Hurt is a is a great cover. I love the version of the Mercy of the Nick Cave song, The Mercy Seat, which is absolutely devastating. You know, there's there's loads of stuff and there's original stuff as well. Well, so yeah, you got things like God's Gonna Cut You Down. Uh you've got his cover of Personal Jesus, his cover of One. It, f- phenomenal, phenomenal recordings, phenomenal albums. You, if you haven't heard them, guys, go and listen to them. It was my first introduction to Johnny Cash, was hearing those uh, albums. Um, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so that's this week's video killed the radio star. Brilliant. And uh, have you got something similarly uplifting for album of the pod, Kev? So I do. I I do have something that is a bit more uplifting than that. Um, it's the recently released new album by uh, Supergrass frontman Gaz Coombs called Ooh. "Turn the Car Around," mm. and it is excellent. Okay. Um, it, there's beautiful, poignant, uh, string laden songs. There's some more uh, rocky stompers, as you would expect. Um, the the songs are brilliantly written. They're really well produced, um, and they are really catchy as well. So, a strong recommend. Definitely go go and check it out. I enjoyed his last album, so I'll definitely I will definitely check it out. We need to do some Supergrass on Album Clash at some point, Kevin. Yes. Also, uh, actually, interestingly, so you say it's turn the car around. So another another automotive themed link if you like to me supergrass have possibly the greatest pun album title of all time with the brilliant road to ruan yes i i, I think that's a great pun <laughs> okay uh, so yeah i will definitely go and check out gaz coombs turn the car around thank you very much have you figured out how we're gonna compile those into some sort of curated list and share them with our audience absolutely not <laughs> Brilliant. Keep up the hard work. It's on the admin. <laughs> well, apparently things that aren't on your admin are turning up to these recordings on time. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> right, okay. Kev, do you want to start taking us through the classic, the gargantuan one-way ticket to hell and back by the darkness? Okay. Uh, one-way ticket to hell and back, second studio album by The Darkness, released on the 28th of November 2005. Amazingly, through Atlantic, reaching uh, number 11 on the UK album chart. And so, funnily, like, obviously we did the certifications. So, when I did my certifications, it said gold. But, according to this, it actually reached platinum. But I'm not going back to claim the victory. because No, you're not. So, <laughs> fuck off. Lead single, uh, One Way Ticket, reached number eight. As did... Hang on, did you just say... Sorry, I'm really sorry. That's just hit me what you just said. Did you just did you just say that fucking Darkness is second album? Hit Platinum. <laughs> well, there you go. That is a turn up for the books, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So two of the three singles from the album reached number eight in the UK singles chart. So One Way Ticket and the second single, Is It Just Me? So the album um, was produced by Roy Thomas Baker, unsurprisingly well known for his uh, work with Queen, <laughs> who, let's say, were a bit of an influence on the band. 
you can't tell. So basically, recording recording of it, they toured their preposterously successful uh, first album. <laughs> Say what you think, Kev. Permission to land a lot, which, due to the the pressures that that, that, that touring schedule created, the uh, bassist Frankie Poulain left the band during early stages of production on the album. Most of the bass parts were, there, were played by Dan Hawkins. But he, um, Poulain... Um, had worked on at least six of the songs on the album and played on Hazel Eyes, Dinner Lady Arms, Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time, and English Country Garden whilst on tour with the band. So they kind of worked it as they were as okay. they were touring. He also co-wrote four of the tracks featured on the album. He says that Hazel Eyes is his favourite song on the album, and I quote him, I defy anyone after a couple of beverages to listen to Hazel Eyes standing up and not getting the Michael Flatleys. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, the album's original working title was The Painstaking. I know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> so can we can we just go back a couple of seconds yeah, sure. as well? Did you? So it sounded like you were saying from from the bassist having worked on some of the songs as they were going through the tour. It sounded like perhaps the writing and production of the album was somewhat rushed. Is that is that fair to say? So the thing is, the album was delayed as well. Um, so wow. so so much so that according to to Dan Hawkins, um, it cost a million to make. Where the fuck did that money go? <laughs> Planet Sound remarked how it was the world's most expensive penis joke uh, regarding <laughs> the costly delay of the album and the hyper-masculine themes. I dispute that because by this time, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back had been released at least three years previously. <laughs> so the only other thing to add, um, so after Pelaine left the band, he was replaced by former guitar technician Richie Edwards. Richie Edwards? <laughs> well, that's where he's... I mean, it's a fucking good hiding place. No one would have thought to look for him there. I didn't expect him to turn up there. <laughs> uh, go and listen to a long past recorded episode on the Manic Street Preachers. <laughs> oh, well, any, is there any more? No. <laughs> Kev... You need to at least pretend to be enthused. You know, we we, we are we are trying to encourage people to listen. Oh, no, I've, I've got lots to say. <laughs> okay, fine. So, oh, so, before we get into the album itself, Tim, when was the first time you heard this album? So, I like, and I note I said like Permission to Land. I think it's good fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. There's some really good musicianship on there. It's not a classic. It's very tongue-in-cheek, fine. But I like it. So I, again, this was a mid-2000s. I acquired this album when it came out. Uh, although, you know, thankfully I didn't fucking pay for it. I listened to it once and never again until this clash. Okay. How about you? So much like the previous album, I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. And I think in this case, it was uh, the Jim Jones uh, version of the Kool-Aid, which <laughs> if you um, if you know your Jonestown history, you know what was in the Kool-Aid. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I never heard it uh, before this. It's your life uh, enriched and emboldened from having heard it? Um, it's been embiggened. 
<laughs> it's a perfectly cromulent uh, piece of work. <laughs> there you go. So, the cover. It looks like they've ripped it off the ending of Back to the Future 3. Um, subtle. <laughs> well, it's a train on fire. It, it is the ending of Back to the Future 3. That's what it is. It's it, it's a... <laughs> with, with a devil coming out the uh, smoke. Yeah. Yeah, subtle is is right. A theme that we're, is going to be writ large through the album, like uh, through a piece of Blackpool rock. <laughs> There's entirely too much orange and brown in it for me. You know, it can't be an exciting and enticing album cover if, if there's if there's that much orange in it. <laughs> Are you against the curious orange? <laughs> And I, I don't even think I like the darkness font either. No, I think it's a shit font. <laughs> okay. I, I honestly, I really don't like the font. I mean, I've never heard any font described as a shit font in the past, so fine. Yeah, I'm not in. Like, cause there's two fonts on there, and they're both yeah. bad. <laughs> That's true. They are both bad. Fine. So it, it's it two decidedly underwhelming album covers. But are we saying Cooler Shake is the winner? Yeah, because that has a nice font. <laughs> yeah, it does have a nice font. Well done. Uh, you've won on uh, on font game. Top Cooler font. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Right. Fine. Uh, okay. Okay. Should we get into the album? <sighs> Let's. So we open with one way ticket. I mean, it's a really bold choice to open your second album with fucking panpipes. It is. It is a bold choice. It's like I'm watching the opening titles to the fucking mysterious cities of gold. <laughs> I would have preferred that. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what this song's about, Kev. Oh, yeah. In fairness, you know, the chewing my face off and talking absolute rubbish does very well describe the experience of having to be with someone on coke. And um, it was definitely an experience that Justin Hawkins had um, a lot of experience with, as we will get into with Legacy. Indeed, indeed. Uh, It's a sub... Do you know what? And Like, this is insulting to ACD. It's a sub... DC opening. Well, I'm going to come on to ACDC quite a bit, actually, as we go through it. I, I appreciate there is some musical ability in that they can play their instruments, but I despise this. It sounds like a derivative cover of I Believe in a Thing Called Love. And I didn't even I, like that. Well, so th- that's a problem. Any band who becomes their own tribute act, Oasis, has jumped the shark. And to get to that point on track one of your second album, ouch. Well, as we will see as when we go through the album, this is hardly an intellectual band with a raft of ideas. No. And we talked about weird production choices a lot going through the Cooler Shaker album the other week. A fucking sitar effect guitar solo in the middle of it. I know. What the hell? We are not exactly off to an auspicious start, are we, Kevin? No. I mean, we always say, with your opening track, make a statement. I mean, they have made a statement. (laughs) That's true. They have made a statement. This is a manifesto. Honestly, I, this is, it, it, I can't say anything more damning about it than it sounds like a derivative cover of one of their own songs. 
Well, all I wanted to say was in terms of manifestos, it's up there with um, Ed Miliband's uh, chipped out rock, <laughs> rock of promises. Nice. Thank you. Let's move on. <sighs> Knockers. I love what you've done to your hair. Oh, God. Well, this starts off like a tame version of I Want to Break Free. Then it turns into some sort of weird southern rock honky-tonk thing with a bit of slight guitar in it. I've... Right, okay, I'm going to be I have to be perfectly honest here. I don't hate this. It, it is objectively bad, but at least it tries to do something. So what's the what's the one bit I can say the one nice thing I can say? So there was a piano bit in the middle eight that I didn't hate. <laughs> well, that's the bit when I talk about the honky tonk. Yeah, I'm, I, I was okay with that. I actually felt stupider after listening to it. <laughs> it destroyed some of your brain yeah, cells. I, I forgot. I forgot information that I had in my head. Like I was worried. Like if. If I listened to it, like, a few more times, I'd forget my own address. Can I ask a question? How many times did you listen to this album in researching The Clash? I did two and a half. I did try a third listen, but I couldn't make it all the way through. Uh, Yeah, so I generally make a rule of giving an album three listens as I'm researching. I couldn't get beyond two on this one, I'm afraid. I I did try a third time, and I just couldn't. As I said, (laughs) I, I I feared for my own safety. I wonder which album's going to win. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to return back to this theme as well. It's the puerile nature of it. It's yeah. It's sub-schoolboy. It, <laughs> knockers. <laughs> oh. It's a slap and tickle. Do you know what? It's not even that. Like if it was, if it was carry on, if it was pure comedy for want of a better word but like this is this is the problem with with the darkness is they want their cake and eat it so they want to be knowingly ironic but also be taken seriously as a band and you can't have it both ways yeah, i i agree with that and, and that's something i am going to come on to in a bit and it is is the paradox of longevity of a comedy act okay i'm going to come on to that in a bit there is again i said i like permission to land and you're absolutely right. That was puerile and silly and cheeky, but there was an irreverence to it and a knowing, <clears throat> a knowing irony to it that this doesn't have. I mean, aside from the, the the craftsmanship of the songs and and the the lack of any substance on the two songs we've gone through so far, compared to some of the things on Permission to Land, like Permission to Land or not, you gotta say that the structure of what you're listening to is much more this has a lot more depth than what you're listening to here well without question that whilst i don't particularly like it the songs had a structure exactly this is yeah it is just sub schoolboy knockers the, the the irreverence has vanished so like again to go on a tortuous um thing like i did when i was talking about elon musk two weeks ago so you know the south park episode where it's imagination land and they keep talking to all the directors and they talk to bay and it's like <laughs> they're just special effects and it's yes like, so i don't know the difference yeah so the first the first uh, darkness album 
say what you want about Mel Gibson. He knows story structure. Mm-hmm. Like, so say what you want about that album. The songs had a structure. They had a coherent map to them. These are pure, like the, you still got the stupidity of it, but they're messes. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Is it just me or is this shite? No. <laughs> <laughs> is it just me? If I was being really harsh, I would say that Is It Just Me has all the structure and nuance of a Sum 41 (laughs) B-side. And and I am being really harsh, so that is what I'm saying. I think that's kind to the darkness. (laughs) So I talked about the first track being a a bland cover of, 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 I believe in a thing called Love. This is a bland cover of Growing On Me, but again, there's absolutely no balls to it everyone is just going through the motions there's no incisiveness it is insufferable it's like you took all the elements of better bands and better songs put them in a mixer and poured it out and it was fecal matter (laughs) it's a cocktail made of all the leftover spirits except they don't uh, put cough syrup in it and uh, set it on fire to make a flaming mo it's just a flaming turd (laughs) I can't get away from the point that I don't even think it's as kind to say they've taken all the bits from better bands and put them in a mixer. They've taken all the bits from themselves and eaten them and then shat them out onto this wreck. It's just nothing. It's There's no incisiveness. There is no edge. There is no... Something like Get Your Hands Off My Woman was at least darkly funny, in perhaps in inverted commas. There's nothing here. It's rock, oh. it's rock music for people who don't actually like it, but want to pretend that they do. Indeed. Yeah, quite so. I hate it. Yeah, dreadful. <sighs> okay. Dinner Lady Arms. <laughs> Even White Snake would have thought twice about putting out something so vapid. Uh, I, I mean... Had um, the aliens from Independence Day turned up whilst I was listening to this song, I'd have backed them. I'd have been on their side. <laughs> we as a species need to be eradicated. If, if we'd stuck this into the Voyager probes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Because <laughs> I've got nothing else to say about Dinner Lady Arms. It's shit. I mean... So how how far are we we are four songs in and my my note at the time is oh this is so hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. We said hate listens, Kev. I know. You suggested this very theme, so you brought it on yourself. <laughs> Wait until you hear my class. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, so before we go on to that. I am going to say, I'm not having anywhere near as terrible a time listening to this as you are. It's it's fucking dreadful, okay? It's awful. It's not making me angry. It's just making me bored. I'm sad. <laughs> like sad sack. I mean, I'm basically, in order to come up with suitable descriptions, I'm having to... You know the uh, meme of... Pablo Escobar from uh, Narcos, <laughs> when he yes. sat on the swing. That's me listening to this the empty album. Swimming pool. 
<laughs> do you know that, that do you know right as a complete aside do you know colombia's got like a massive problem with like rhinos so pablo escobar had a zoo and when is that who the film we bought a zoo is made about it's <laughs> <laughs> matt damon playing pablo escobar <laughs> very different very different film <laughs> sorry go and make your point i did um, so yeah like he, so he had like a manat like he had his own private zoo because he had all the money from all the cocaine, which obviously this is the link with this album. And yeah, the, when when he got busted, nobody decided to go look after the animals, so they escaped. And so there's like loads of African animals and that, like knocking about in the Colombian Amazon. So like you've got rhinos knocking about. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I'm sure they're not causing any chaos no, at all. No, because as we know, introducing a foreign species to a different class... Uh, ecosystem uh, ha- never goes wrong. No, indeed. Look at rabbits in Australia. <laughs> well, grey squirrels over it, for that matter. Or um, is it Pitcairn Island, where like I think it might have been the bounty or something like they, the they bounty, land yeah. they landed with and they had a cat and it ate all it ate oh, all fucking it ate all the birds <laughs> on the island. It was particularly keen on dodo. <laughs> This is more interesting than talking about the Darkness album, Kev. Let's carry it on. It really is. Well, because, like, the reason the Dodo, like, was <laughs> got wiped out, I mean, one, it was apparently really tasty. No, that was that was giant Galapagos. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, because really they used to have them, like, in the ship. No, because, yeah, like, Dodo were just fucking stupid. No, they weren't stupid. It's because of the ecosystem they'd, like, sort of developed in. They didn't have any natural predators, so they were scared of nothing. Exactly. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It's a fucking blunderbuss, mate. I'm going to shoot you in the face with it. <laughs> uh, it's probably going on Twitter, this. Yeah, okay. So um, let's uh, go on to the next song. So we are. can we finally talk about it? It seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, okay. So it's a three minute 30 song. And I got to about one minute 20 and I was like, do I have more of this? Like it felt interminable. Well, at least we're at the halfway point in the album, so you know that you know things are looking up. <laughs> because whatever happens after this point, there's there's uh, not as long to go as what you've already had to be subjected to. So think of it in in those terms. That's to you, <laughs> listeners, as much. <laughs> as I mean, to that's us. A, isn't that kind of what you say to like someone who's being tortured? <laughs> like you've so. This this session is going on for a long time, but you've had most of the torture now. You've only got a little bit more torture to go. Are you suggesting that the Noriega affair would have been over even quicker if they'd stuck this on instead of Appetite for Destruction? Yes. <laughs> After the first song, I cannot do this. I cannot do this anymore. <clears throat> right. We need to maintain some sort of discipline. Okay. Seemed like a good idea at the time. I mean, maybe it did seem like a good idea at the time, but you can put as many string parts in as you want. Absolutely none of them can mask the fact that this is clearly a band that has run out of ideas. You try and stick lipstick on a pig. Exactly. Just trying to fill that void of creativity with overproduction. And yet, like, throwing strings at it just makes it bad. Well, at least they've not thrown bagpipes at anything yet, Kev. <sighs> <laughs> now, 
I'm a fan of a bagpipe. Yeah. I'm a fan of a bagpipe in a rock song. Yeah. Let you know, let's let's talk about it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. We talked about ACDC a bit exactly. ago. That's a fucking great tune yeah. and it's got bagpipes in it. Yeah, can we just talk about all this like cuz um isn't it a corn one with bagpipes in as well? There's uh, well the, they always had a song on every album with uh, with bagpipes in. But yeah, shoots and ladders, bagpipes on that. Uh really good tune. I- I'm going to even fucking say Mull of Kintyre's better than this shit. Frog chorus. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the front chorus. Hold that thought. Boom, boom, boom. Hiya. Okay, uh, Hazel Eyes. So, according to the basis, this should have got us up dancing like Michael Flatley. Mm. I mean, it, it would have been if I'd got an electric shock. I've never seen a set of eyes more hazel than hers. That is an actual lyric from this song. You know, like you, you know, like you watch um, non-league football sometimes, and you think, oh, probably, I probably could play at that level. Like, I couldn't because I'm terrible. But you watch it and you think, yeah, maybe. Like, you hear lyrics like this, and I, I have no musical ability whatsoever. Never tried to write a song. I think I could write better lyrics than this song. <laughs> There's a few nice guitar licks in this. I, I'm really stretching to find anything constructive to say now. I, I've tried to be objective. I am trying to be objective. There's a few nice guitar licks in this. That's all I've got, I'm afraid. Okay. Bold. <laughs> well, right. You talked about ACDC. That riff when it comes in. Very ACDC. So, I will say... <laughs> I liked the slightly moody opening. Yep, yep. Mystery and intrigue. Agreed, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Then it started, and I died. <laughs> I've been kinder than that. Again, there is some nice guitar work here. You know, once it starts, it doesn't go anywhere. But then neither did any of ACDC stuff, really. You know, that's the beauty of DC, is you know what you're getting. They have a lane. They are staying in it. And, you know, get to fuck if you don't like it, fine. This is not ACDC. I don't hate it. It's too fucking long. And it's a song about baldness. <laughs> can we, Can we? like, we can't really brush over that, even though that would, that would help with baldness. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay. Girlfriend. <sighs> Status quo parody. So everyone's trying? Yep. <laughs> that's that's it. That's all I got. There seems to be a stylophone solo in the middle of this, which you know I've never heard before. So fine. Right. So so the the chord structure is it's quo, isn't it? Yeah. It's status quo. It is, and I hate quo. Well, I don't hate quo. They knew exactly what they were, and they were as I just said about ACDC. They're delayed. They were staying in it, and they were completely unapologetic about it. So fine. You could say the darkness were in the same vein, but this song and this album is managing to be at the same time unimaginative, single-paced, derivative, and yet chameleonic. That is quite an achievement, actually. 
that they have, as you said, they have it's a melange of all these other bands that have gone before that have influenced them. Stick them all together and shit it out onto the disc, and yet yeah, it's boring. So you say melange, I say it's basically like the buffet table has collapsed and all the food has fallen into each other. <laughs> it's, it's like Mr. Creosote. Yes. It's just had the waffle thin yes. mint. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And on that note... <laughs> See, this is what I thought the hate lessons would be. I think Be Here Now might be getting a run for its money, Kev. Oh, I think there's a strong chance. <laughs> English Country Garden. So, this sounds like the opening theme to a wacky, madcap children's TV game show in the 90s. It's time to play English Country Garden. Now here's your host. He's got green fingers and green toes. It's Dave Benson Phillips. <laughs> I mean, I love the fact you brought up uh, DBP. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, it is. So my note: sub meatloaf pap. I think you're being kind. This is offensively whimsical and light-hearted. I hate every second of this. It's just really bad. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it is really. So this is when you when you said, "Oh." Some of the songs were written and worked up while they're on tour. Yeah, it fucking sounds like it. What is this? Oh, it's it really does to me. It, I I got you know, crazy kids game show from the from all of it. It's horrible. It's horrible. Okay, we move on to their, <laughs> their issue song. <laughs> Blind yeah. man. So this is where you definitely hear the fact that they had a producer from from a Queen album. So, may I? Sure. They're trying to recreate the end from Abbey Road, but with the overdone Queen-style harmonies, it ends up sounding like the Frog Chorus. That's why you took all back to a cinema. It's not as good as the Frog Chorus. So we finally reach the point where even the band themselves have realised that the joke has worn gossamer thin and so yeah they need to do an issue song no we can do serious songs honest here's one well can we go back to doing songs about boobs please because i can't stand this and so there is a in my notes there is something that i say that's positive about it go on mercifully short (laughs) i've had enough and so had they Still got two left. <laughs> Have we? Yeah. Grief Hammer. No, with 10 tracks. No. We've done 10 tracks. Hang on. One, two, three, four. Because I haven't written any notes on any more tracks. Five. Oh, I, six, didn't have, I didn't listen to the extended seven, version, did I? Eight, nine. Kev, I think you did. Oh, You've listened to more tracks than you need to. Grief Hammer. Grief Hammer. And then the last one that I had had to listen to was called Wanker. (laughs) Wow. Nope. Sorry. Never heard of those. They're they're not on the version of the album I listened to. (laughs) 
Grace, I, I had to listen to two extra songs. What did you think of them whilst we're here? Like, we've got some time to fill. Why not? What did you think of Grief Hammer and then Wanker? Uh, so, Grief Hammer, my note is, Dear God, this is more painful than listening to that Orb album. <laughs> well, you must have really hated it. And as for the aforementioned Onanism tribute, I think this is just emblematic of the puerile, juvenile nature of not just this album, but of the entire band. Well, there you go. What a delightfully eloquent way to finish. Yeah. (laughs) I love the fact that you've listened to two songs more than you needed to. I know. I honest, honestly, I'm so upset. I'm not. I, I am. I am. I'm, I'm not wrong, am I? Well, I haven't fucking listened to them anyway, so we ain't yeah. Doing so it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right, fine. Okay, so reviews. As I say, they were mixed, and um, so some people gave them really good reviews. Ridiculously, Rolling Stone gave it three out of five, and it's it's not even as though this is. Um, some kind of uh, staffer or something like this. It's David Frick. Fucking hell. Go on, what did he say? So, the way it starts is is perfect for how we feel about it. Go on. But he doesn't necessarily take it that way. So, it's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Singer-guitarist David St. Hubbins points out in This Is Spinal Tap. <laughs> just stop it there. Yeah. Just end it there. He says some nice things about it. Yeah, which is really, really weird. So, one-way ticket, a cocaine memoir with the emphatic ring of autobiography, sums up everything that is bold but not quite right about this album. The bravado is unmistakable. A chorus with the sold-out arena kick of Def Leppard's Rock, Rock Till You Drop. Explicit description of what's left after the high times, but so is the insecurity underneath. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, I have no idea um, how you how you get to that. I think he just finds that they're funny and likes their shtick. So I did, um, <laughs> I did mention two weeks ago one of the scores that came up, which was from uh, something called Tiny Mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And I am going to... They re- gave it zero out of ten, did you say? They gave it naught out of five. Okay. So I'm just going to read the opening to it. Why, God, why? <laughs> First, my whole family is suicide bombed by a radical faction of Nickelback fans. Now this. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> All right, then, Fine. I'm often explained that the justification for the darkness's existence is because people are tired of such and such genre or whatever shy corporate made rock pop fad. So why is shit a good excuse for more shit? Is this why Bush got his second term? What is it with humankind's inborn socio-political masochistic tendencies? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. There's, lo- I mean, there's loads in that. That it's re- it's a really good like proper hate review. But yeah, yeah, I think everyone knows that we're not not exactly um, with <laughs> no with most of the We've contemporary not reviews. This, have we? No. So what happened to the darkness? Well, after the release of the second album, um, the following year, Justin Hawkins departed from the band after successfully competing completing a course of rehab from alcohol and, unsurprisingly, cocaine abuse. <laughs> This, combined with the poor sales of the album, resulted in Atlantic dropping the band in October 2006. 
Um, after this, the band split, and uh, the remaining members of the band formed Stone Gods and continued to perform and record without Hawkins, who subsequently fronted his own project called Hot Leg. I'm sure he also did something like called British Whale or something like that, which he did a crap cover of uh, This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us. Yeah, he d- yeah, definitely did a cover of the, yeah, that, which was crap, yes. On the 15th of March 2011, The Darkness announced reunion shows with original bassist Frankie Pellane returning. So they played uh, Download in 2011, the Isle of Wight Festival in 2012. They then released their third album, Hot Cakes. In August 2012, original drummer Ed Graham then left the band, feeling the strain of touring was affecting his personal life. And they've continued to release various albums uh, subsequently. Amazingly, (laughs) so the COVID-19 pandemic put a stop to their world tour in 2020. (laughs) The world tour? Apparently so. Is that, is that, is world tour like when you get an international airport that, that does, you know, they do one flight a week to Dublin, so therefore it's an international airport. Is it that? Is it that? Yeah, they play. Of... They played Isle of Man, <laughs> Isle of Wight, Isle of Wight, and the Falklands. <laughs> so on the fourth of June, twenty twenty-one, the band announced their seventh seventh studio album, Motorheart, <laughs> would be released on the 15th of October, 2021, with an extensive UK tour through November and December, 2021, presumably hitting all the uh, huge arenas and um, great luminary cities of the UK. Like Grantham. <laughs> so I was I was very much thinking of Blackadder um, and the great uh, university towns. Oxford, Cambridge, Hull. But of course, only two of those are great universities. Yeah. Yes! Oxford's oh, so a complete dump! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay, so... Um, seven albums! Seven. Well, f- so, I was, I was going to come back to the whole thing of comedy bands, and, and I, I, I said repeatedly there, the joke's worn thin, they've run out of ideas. The lifetime of a novelty act is so limited because exactly that you know bear with me with this comparison look at flight of the concords deliberately we'll do two albums they did two series two albums boom there you go and then they went their separate ways to one became a fucking movie star one won an oscar for for writing songs for the muppets and they come back together every now and then to do reunion tours tenacious d on the other hand well, they f- did a film which was absolute shite and the album was crap. They've come back together every now and then, have done a few bits, but that was very limited. If you're doing comedy music, particularly if it is, as you said, puerile, you've got a very limited shelf life. Spinal Tap's a good example mm-hmm. because this is Spinal Tap's brilliant and then th- with the return of Spinal Tap, was it? Wasn't very good. No. So Because the joke only hit so many times. Exactly. And so you sort of go, well, what did you expect? You, yeah, you, you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't be an irreverent comedy band and go seven or eight albums and be, well, apparently you can, <laughs> and still be, but you, you know, still be really successful. And the point was they couldn't even go more than one because right from the off on this, it is painfully obvious. Musically, they've run out of steam even before you get into any of the lyrical content. And lyrically, 
it is just so much like the... it's Mrs. Brown's boys. That's what it is. Well, what I wanted, to, what I was going to say was much like the baffling continued presence of the bounty in celebrations. Um, <laughs> there is no accounting for taste. Or the baffling continued presence of Mrs. Brown's boys well, yeah. on our fucking TV screens. Okay. <sighs> um, this is, I mean, this is going to be one of the hardest decisions that we've ever had to make. So, Tim, what's your best song? What's your worst song? I mean, it, there are. There are rich pickings for worse song, uh, but I have an obvious choice. It's English Country Garden. It's just absolutely loathsome. A truly abysmal piece of music, which barely deserves the, the title. As, as a, uh, I've got to choose a best song. That's the hard bit. I, I'll go with Bald, just because I didn't hate it as much as the others. <laughs> it's the best I can say. Okay. Um, what about you? So I'm going to agree on the best song because I liked the slightly moody opening, even though <laughs> after that I wanted to die. Um, <laughs> there is so much that is awful. It, it's a, it's a toss up between Hazel Eyes or Knockers. I think I'm going to go with Knockers because... Because <sighs> it's called Knockers. Because we wrote a song called Knockers. <sighs> <laughs> Look on the bright side, Kevin. You never, ever have to listen to that album again. I swear to you, if like one of these so- songs like pops into my head, I'm coming <laughs> for you. Fine. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to whatever you're going to pick. <laughs> Mine's in, well, you'll see. We'll, we'll, I won't... Anyway, the suspense is killing them, Kev. We should get down to scoring. <laughs> I think they're going to be genuinely interested by the scores. Mm. Okay, as is traditional, obviously it's your pick, so you are the bread. Mm, I am the bread. All right, so what do I think of peasants, pigs and astronauts? Well, it's not very good. <laughs> I I really liked Kay, and I looked forward to this album, even after three years. And as I said, one listen, I was like, oh, fucking hell. It's overproduced. It's too long. And it's only... 49 minutes but there are good things on there there's very little i hate so in in a way if we go for hate listens well i i failed with that because there's very little on it i hate there's a lot that i don't like but i talked the other week around things like great hosanna things like sound of drums things like shower your love there's good songs in there mostly overproduced as i said there's too much going on but you know there's things to enjoy I certainly don't think it's any worse than Be Here Now. And so I'm going to give it the same score I gave Be Here Now. Five out of ten. Okay. How about you? So I feel about it roughly the same, to be honest. That There's nothing that's awful on it. It's too long. There's massive problems with the production. Some of the songs, the lyrics are... <laughs> I, I don't know because like the like the the commonly used uh, phrases six form lyrics they they aren't even six form lyrics no but you know there are there are some really good moments on here I think with a strong production hand here there wouldn't necessarily be a classic but there would be a much better album and had some different choices been made 
it's not awful. It's not the worst thing I've ever heard. We'll get on to that. Um, <laughs> so four and a half out of ten. Four and a half out of ten gives it nine and a half. Uh, still a higher score than be here now. <laughs> so as things stand, halfway through our scoring, be here now remains the lowest ever scoring album we've done. <laughs> um, I think that record may be about to be shattered. Oh, yeah. However, <laughs> Kevin, I'm not allowing zero. By the way, yeah, I cannot give it a zero because. They played their instruments. <laughs> right. What did you score? What are you going to score? One way ticket to hell and back by the darkness. So it's awful. It's it's one of the worst albums I've ever listened to in my entire life. There is almost nothing redeemable here. As you say, there's the occasional small snippet where you go, oh, okay, well... There's someone who can use an instrument. (laughs) Well done. But it's utter, utter pap. As I say, it's one of the worst things I've ever listened to in my entire life. I'm giving it a one. You're giving it a one. It's dreadful. Despite having once said you'd never give anything a one. I I can't see beyond one. (laughs) Fine, one out of ten. Which means to be... Or at least level would be here now. I've got to give it 8 out of 10. And I'm tempted to give it 8 out of 10. Just so be here now. Remains the worst album we've ever scored. (laughs) I'm so tempted to do that. (laughs) But I'm not going to. I'm not going to. So. (laughs) Oh, God. Right. Well, 8 winning. (laughs) It ain't getting getting 9.5. So I I was more fond of The Darkness than you were going into this album, as I said earlier. I, I like Permission to Land. I think there's there are songs with structure. There there there, there are uh, there's an irreverence, there's an edge to it. Yeah, it's pure island silly, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. And so there are things to enjoy on it. This album doesn't take itself too seriously either. That's the problem, unfortunately, is that they've lost all the edge they've lost all the humor and you're just left with <laughs> bottom basically so this did not make me anywhere near as angry as that fucking klaxon's arm you maybe listen to i'll say that because <laughs> that did fucking take itself too seriously right this doesn't so again i'm tempted to say i'm not going to score it lower than that but actually, I, as I kept saying throughout it, I was bored. I was bored and I was just thinking, this is just bad. This, I can't get angry. It's not, it's not deserving of my ire. And that is the worst thing I can say. Because it doesn't even make me angry. It doesn't elicit any emotional response to me. It just happens around me. And yet I can still say, this is really, really bad. So I ain't, get, I ain't giving it a one. I'm going to give it a two. It's a two. Wow. It's fucking shit. <laughs> it's so bad. It, as I said, it doesn't elicit any emotional response to me. And therefore, is half as good as an album, which made me incredibly angry. That's all I can say. Two out of ten. So, comfortably, <laughs> worst album ever. Three, four, 
one-way ticket to hell and back. I mean, if there's any Darkness fans listening, tell us how we are wrong. Tell us how we are snobbish. Tell us how we have gravely misunderstood the band, the album, the compositions. Please get in touch. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, there is no way that Darkness fans are listening to us. There's absolutely no, no chance. No. Particularly when we badge the thing as hate listens. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, congratulations, Crispy and Mills, and and a pyrrhic victory. Yeah, a, a pyrrhic victory indeed. I mean, you could have done so much better, but at least you didn't do that shit. So yeah, there you go. Three out of ten. <laughs> three out, sorry, three out of twenty. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I yeah, I think that that's fair. Okay. Go on then, what are you going to force me to listen to next? So, as we have discussed previously, the 1980s were an interesting time for music and some legendary artists very much lost their way due to substance misuse, due to uh, changes in their life, production choices that occurred during uh, this period. And so, for our next clash we are going to sacrifice our sacred cows, or two of them at least. So we are going to do 1987's Never Let Me Down by David Bowie, an album that after he toured it, he never played another song off it. (laughs) Versus 1988's Down in the Groove by Bob Dylan. Comfortably <laughs> described as his worst album. Fucking Alkef. <laughs> we are going to, um, as I say, we are going to kill some sacred calves. Well, f- fair enough. Oh, God. The, the problem is, there'll be fucking loads of stuff to research about those two. So, like, there'll be shit albums that we still talk for ages about. We won't need to do a huge amount because. Of who they are, what we what we can yeah. talk about is the period leading up to this. Like, oh dear. Bowie's album was so bad that he went and formed Tin Machine. <laughs> That's how much it broke him. Well, uh, I'm sure our listeners are really looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, now. I mean, like the fact that we've only done t- like one Dylan album, one Bowie album, and now I've brought these to the table. <laughs> Uh, and we've, as you said, we've both repeatedly said that their output in the 80s was was not their best. So get in, I suppose. I mean, what I will say is we are not going to do an endless series of hate listens. We'll do we'll do one or two of them here and there. So after the next clash, we'll... Yeah, we're going on to something else because we something. need to enjoy. We, <laughs> exactly. we need sunshine again. Exactly. Oh, fucking hell. Fine. All right. That's that's what you've let me in for. I mean, I suppose I did make you listen to The Darkness, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't think that I'm the worst offender here. <laughs> you said hate listens. <laughs> Do you know what? When you mentioned Nickelback, I had, a, I had a tremble of fear went up my spine that you were going to fucking make me listen to a Nickelback album. Not even I would do that. <laughs> Because I think that might give the darkness a run for because its Because if, if we did a Nickelback versus Razor Light, I think I think that would just be the oh, end of the pod. Because I don't think I could God. come back from that. No, no. Do, the the funny thing is, like we were inspired to do hate listens 
by talking about standing on the shoulders of giants, and neither of us have picked it. <laughs> it's going to have to wait for a special occasion. It really is. <laughs> we should do when we when we finally decide to wrap up album clash. That should be the last album we do. <laughs> what? Just a deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we will have to clash it with something that go that went before it. Standing on the shoulders of giants should be the last album we do. <laughs> Right, okay, fine, there we go. Um, Twitter, come on. Okay, so, as many of you are aware, that Britain is very much a normal country (laughs) with no weird stuff going on at all, no weird ceremonies or that kind of thing. I discovered on Twitter the other day, so, when the coronation occurs, Charles will get holy oil poured on his head from a medieval silver spoon by the Archbishop of Canterbury. This will occur behind a curtain because mortals aren't allowed to see the moment he gets his power from God. <laughs> Kev, have you been watching that South Park episode with the royal wedding in it? Again? No, I haven't. <laughs> is, is there going to be pudding involved? So, yep, yeah, absolutely normal country. So what you're saying is that the king is going to receive a golden shower... <laughs> But not in view of the public. Because that's the point he gets his his magic powers. <laughs> so I discovered that on Twitter. If you want to uh, discover um, our opinions occasionally on stuff <laughs> and uh, clips of the clips of the show and that kind of thing, you can go to our Twitter at Clash Album. If you like carefully curated quality content, you can go to Clash Album on Insta. Or if you are a royal correspondent, uh, Nicholas Witchell doesn't seem mu- as though he's got much to do at the minute. Send us an email. I reckon email. he likes the darkness. Oh, I, he loves Christopher. He loves eighties Dylan and Bowie. <laughs> yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> um, send us an email to albumclash at gmail dot com. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, fine. Okay. Um, as I say, guys, we can't beat the algorithms, so please, you know, give us the big ratings. We all we want is the stars. We need you to help us work the algorithms and and allow more people to discover how much we hate the darkness. <laughs> the album. world needs to know. The world does need to know. Uh, perhaps you know Justin Hawkins, and you can you can uh, allow us to tell him where he erred. Uh, <laughs> By sniffing all that fucking coke is where he is. By entering the recording studio. Oh, wow. Uh, fine, okay. Well, all that is left for me to say is I am furiously Tim. I am despondently Kev. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Ta-da. Ta-da.